This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. The state of full consciousness exists in the absence of all thought. Not only the strategic thoughts which revolve around our material and personal existence, but also the intellectual faculty of observing and witnessing is no longer called for. I knew I was creating myself and the whole world just by being in the state of constant, inexhaustible inspiration, in effortless and peaceful ecstasy of potential creation, all life is realized. I say potential because that's the essence of consciousness, the energy that creates unlimited potential. What we experience as our life is a result of our multidimensional perceptions. Monique. Valeria interviews Monique Rebel. She is the author of Transcendence Calling, The Power of Kundalini Rising and Spiritual Enlightenment. Monique was born in Warsaw, Poland. She left Poland on her own as a teenager to pursue a career as a visual artist in London, Amsterdam, and Paris. Her paintings from those years were done in postmodern neo-expressionist style. One was purchased by the Royal Dutch Collection in Den Haag. After moving to the United States and settling in Los Angeles, an epiphany experienced in 1988 made her art shift into a new, non-objective direction. In 1992, she experienced an even more profound, life-changing occurrence. Following the years of contemplation of the experience, Monique became a spiritual teacher. Her book, Transcendence Calling, describes the experience, transformation, and insights, and offers the general description of the system of our multidimensional consciousness that Monique teaches. Since the experience, Monique lived on Maui, Hawaii, Anchorage, Alaska, and is now permanently settled in Reno, Nevada. Transcendence Calling has been in the ranks of an Amazon bestseller for four years. Monique's new book, titled Seven Steps to a Better Human, scheduled to be released next year, goes deeper into the system of our multidimensional consciousness and practices focusing on training and cultivating chakras. Monique continues working on her art in abstract and figurative styles. Meet Monique at moniquerebel.com. Here's the interview with Monique Rebel. In your own words, who is Monique Rebel? I was born in Poland. I, my parents were actors. I grew up for the first few years with my grandma, who was very close to me. And uh, I'm an artist. I have been an artist all my life. And at some point, when I was 35, I had a spontaneous experience that I didn't know anything about. 
And since then, my life has changed for the better, uh, greatly for the better. And uh, eventually, I became a spiritual teacher. I wrote my book, Transcendence Calling, The Power of Kundalini Rising and Spiritual Enlightenment. And uh, I'm still an artist. I still paint. I live in Reno, Nevada. What is spiritual enlightenment, Monique? Um, spiritual enlightenment, in my understanding, is an actual experience that happens when um, what we know as kundalini, which is the normally dormant energy that's at the bottom of the spine, um, it's active, but it's kind of slumbering. Suddenly it can awaken because of various reasons. It could be spontaneous, like it was in my case, or it could be uh, because of specific practices that someone has been doing. Um, and uh, that experience um, allows for Kundalini to rise up and go through the chakras. Sometimes it happens very quickly. Sometimes it happens slowly. The, the, the thing is that for the experience of spiritual enlightenment, Kundalini has to move through all of the chakras that we have along the spine. Those are the, it's, they're called energy centers, energy vortexes. I didn't believe in that when, uh, when I had my experience. So my experience is taken from another, from another viewpoint, actually. But the experience is the same for everyone who's gone through it. So the unity that we, that we, um, are able to, uh, experience be in uh, when our consciousness that's kundalini moves through all the chakras and exits through the top of the head that's when uh, we unite with all that is with the ultimate consciousness kundalini is an individual unit of consciousness and normally we um, are feeling a bit of separation from all that is for many, many reasons that our mind is telling us. But that experience happens to people can be happening very fast. So um, the, the passage through the chakras is not clearly observed or it can happen slowly with practices over a period of time, over years, decades, it can happen through the lifetimes. So what is the meaning of Kundalini, Monique? It's that energy? Yeah, well, accordingly to um, the uh, ancient India you know, uh, um, tradition, Kundalini is uh, considered to be... Um, a deity or a, a mm, goddess, right. Shakti, um, and that's that's from Hindu Hindu viewpoint. Um, <clears throat> in uh, my understanding, and in understanding of uh, 
Others, for example, Gopi Krishna, who studied uh, for and and himself practiced a lot in order to experience uh, the full Kundalini rising. He also has had the viewpoint that it is consciousness, but he saw it as all consciousness. I personally understand Kundalini, which means coiled up in Sanskrit. I understand it as, as I just uh, mentioned, an individual unit of consciousness. So all that you know, all that you are, all that you remember, all that you can project, all you can imagine, all you can investigate, everything, including your body, including anything you can think of, is your consciousness. That's Kundalini. And that energy is actually real <laughs> because my experience showed me that it, 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 it is real and we don't know it mostly M- most of us have no clue that it's there but it is at the bottom in the sacrum a- area at the bottom of the spine and it does uh, it makes us alive <laughs> It makes the body alive, but it also is a part of what's called subtle body. That is Kundalini chakras and the channel that uh, allows for Kundalini to move up through the chakras. While Kundalini can do anything, it can move any way it wants. And if you... If you know or have seen or maybe some sometime in life I'm I'm sure you've heard or or had some experiences maybe with um the instance of the soul leaving the body like we have in um in our Christian traditions um there are you can even find online um images or short videos it was i saw that myself there is a video of a little mouse being trapped the moment it's caught in a trap it dies and a little blue little blue like smoke little blue little blue smoke comes out of the body and goes out disappears that's the spirit. That's the mouse Kundalini. And ours is just like that too. It can leave the body. And the experiences of near body, near death experiences, that's when Kundalini leaves, usually through the fifth chakra, and then it comes back. When it leaves through the fifth chakra, people have, people are open to the fifth dimension, which is what I, I call the fifth dimension. I teach that the, our multidimensional consciousness system. So they meet with all kinds of beings that way and, and can see in the past, can see in the future or, you know, whatever. There are so many different experiences like that.
how amazing to listen to you. <laughs> it's <laughs> incredible that we can have a conversation about that. <laughs> it's almost like uh, waking up in the dream, just being yeah. awakened, right? In the, you're right. In the yes, dream. you're right. That's how our consciousness is. We are, we, that's why, that's why it's called awakening. And those awakenings can be, um, can have really many different levels. And Kundalini awakening very often, and although I heard you say that you have not, haven't experienced it, of course, you may have experienced some parts of Kundalini rising in your life, because many of us do. And I myself um, experienced some of it when I was 16 years old. Uh, it was a, an incredible experience when I was still in Poland, um, I uh, I wanted to learn. I was already a painter, and I wanted to learn about uh, philosophy, the history of philosophy. I was learning about history of, of art, but I wanted to learn about history of philosophy. I went to the library in Warsaw, where I grew up. It was a beautiful library on, on the second floor of a, of a building in the center of Warsaw, and I didn't know what to look for, so I asked the librarian about the book that I could could start reading that would show me the beginning of philosophy, of philosophical thought. And mm -hmm. I was given huge two volumes of Indian philosophy. I had no idea it would be that. And then I opened, I was browsing through the book because there were so many difficult names and I had no much, not much patience. You know, I was 16 and and I just was reading through it, like looking through the pages, and I, I I stopped on the page that had a verse that said something about Atman and Brahman. And I learned and it explained what Atman was and what Brahman was. And Atman is the individual soul, and Brahman is the ultimate consciousness, all that is. And it talked about that at some point Atman unites with Brahman. And when I read that, something happened to me. I just grasped it. I just, it, it just felt like it, it hit me in, in a, such a way that some kind of surge of energy was, was within me. It was just lifting up. And I started to feel that incredible joy that brightness that's yes i get it i get it yes and i had to run out of the library i was afraid i was going to start yelling and screaming loud so i was running out of the library and i it was on the second floor and i was flying down as i was flying down i couldn't believe how fast i was moving and at the same time, when I looked at the wall that was the, the, the staircase wall on the right, I could see the wall as if I was looking at it in slow motion. I couldn't believe it. I was flying so fast that within seconds I was down on the ground floor. And yet while it was happening, I could see all the little bumps on the paint on on that wall and I could see scratches I could see the paint showing through the previous layers it was just 
just I, I, all I said to myself was, remember this, remember this. <laughs> and then I goes out on on the street. The light was bright, and I was standing there, not knowing what to do. What am I supposed to do now? It was a busy street, cars and people walking. Oh, and I. I just didn't know what to do. I was completely lost. But then I saw that my feet were moving. I was walking. And I was not only walking. I could not feel my weight. I was flying. I was just hovering over the street. And I got scared because I was getting to the intersection. And I thought I could. I didn't know how to stop. I was just moving. I had no command over my body. And right on the right on the edge of the of the, the intersection my feet stopped. And then when the light got green, I kind of floated through, but towards the end of the crossing I started to feel my weight coming back. And it felt clumsy. Yeah. It was just so uncomfortable. <laughs> just, <laughs> Being well, a human again. <laughs> right. My body, this is heavy. This is <laughs> and I yeah. looked around and I was still walking and I saw the the, the, the the shop windows and things that I knew so well because I grew up in that place and lived in that area for probably six years already at that time. And it was it felt like coming back from a space travel. You know? mm-hmm. I I saw it all being the same as it was before, being normal. And that was so many years ago. But that was one of the experiences when your consciousness goes mm-hmm. up to the third chakra, opens it up, and you feel that brightness, that sense of knowingness. That's the mind that's for the moment. And this is what spiritual teachers like Eckhart Tolle will talk about present time, right? And Buddha was talking about it always to be in the present time because in the present time, the thoughts disappear. Your third chakra clears up. So, so that's, wow. <laughs> that's the little story. Yeah. yeah. It makes a lot of sense when you say that, that we all had, at some level, we had the experience, but we don't right. know really what to call it. We have no references. Uh, there yeah. There is no about it. There is no knowledge about it. No, no official knowledge. No official knowledge about Kundalini. We know psychology. And psychology mm-hmm. is not an old knowledge. You know, psychology started probably... Um, I don't know, with Sigmund Freud, right? And then others picked it up and developed it. But psychology is not what I teach at all, because psychology is all about ego, actually. And mm-hmm. and uh, we need to find the right balance, right perspective. So I teach from the viewpoint of Kundalini, of our individual unit of consciousness, how to first identify your kundalini and then once you're there because you can't get there and i'm sure you had the experiences like that in meditation we have those experiences of going inward and going inward and 
pushing away everything that you know about the external reality you are in, your your relationships, your work, your body too, everything. Just forget, kind of push it all away and be inside, be in and go deep in. For some, it's not easy. For others, it's easier. But it takes time to really comfortably be there and uh, practicing it daily or at least regularly is something that will allow us to identify with that spirit that's eternal. That's another very, very beautiful message. Yeah, we have been identified with the human experience, the body and the mind itself. But now with this primordial essence, which is here now, it's everywhere. And it's obvious to me in a way it's not hidden, but it's because we have been so blinded by the physical world and and our own mental constructs. Yes, you are. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing is that we assume that our consciousness is human. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but it's not. It's oh. See, it's mm-hmm. not unhuman, but it's not human. It's all there is. It's mm-hmm. in a piece of rock. It's in the gravel. It's in in it's in an inanimate objects too. It's everywhere. Consciousness is everywhere. And that's that ultimate consciousness that's there all the time and its potential allows for the phenomena that we experience to manifest themselves it's all in in the enlightened states consciousness is in a potential we are conscious creators and we are created and creators at the same time of of uh, endless phenomena that keep on happening <laughs> without time. That is all the time. At every moment, everything is anew. <laughs> but you see, with the mind, we 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 are not supposed to know it. With our mind, our mind is just a small part of our consciousness. Mind is the third chakra. Your mind, my mind, we may agree on some things a lot, we may disagree on others because your chakra is, or your third chakra is conditioned in a certain way because of your past experiences, because of your background, because of whatever else, and so is mine in the same way. Uh, This third Third dimension, the dimension of mind and will is what makes us who we are as individuals, and it has the sub-dimension of time, so we can create our truths with it. And that illusion is there for us. And as you, I'm sure you know, that spiritual teachers talk about Maya, talk about everything out there being an illusion. But how? 
how does it happen, right? How is it that this illusion, but when I touch it, it's real, right? <laughs> yeah, and this is, I teach about that. You can't, like, you can't, like, understand it right away. We need to go through each of the dimensions. They relate to the chakras. As I said, my experience allowed me for viewing each of the dimensions as my consciousness was moving up, as my kundalini was entering and exploring each dimension through each chakra. So let's say the first dimension, and I say dimension, but you know that in in um, our uh, common knowledge, uh, the, there are three dimensions of length, width, and depth, right? I call those sub-dimensions. And the first dimension is all that is material, everything material, the smallest, you know, microscopic elements, atoms, and the galaxies, cosmos, and incredibly huge, you know, material objects, gases also, all that is material. Our bodies belong to the material world. But then there is the second dimension of emotions. That's the reaction to what's going on. And so there are seven, just like there are seven chakras, and they are each of them is different. By the time we get to this and operate on different principles, it's only by the time we get to the sixth dimension, which is the, the, our sixth chakra, our third eye, vision and intuition is opening us up to that in, in immense dimension of, of visions that are interpreted with intuition of systems like uh, astrology, numerology, any divination system, tarot cards, archetypes, gods, goddesses, um, sacred geometry. Um, I mean, there are many, many different systems out there that somehow don't belong to our logical third dimension, our third chakra mind that thinks that's goal oriented and thinks logically in, in a linear fashion. So t when our consciousness is by the towards the end of that sixth dimension that's that has many layers, this is when we can see through the process of self-inquiry, which you may have heard of too. I mean, Ramana Maharshi talked about it, and other teachers talked about it too. They define it in a in you no know, slightly different way, but it's still that same process of self-inquiry. And I I define it as asking questions and receiving answers. So through that process of self-inquiry, eventually <clears throat> we can eventually we can see how time is a is a subdimension of the third of the third dimension that we enter with the third chakra so <laughs> that's when we can see that time is also a concept and once we understand that how time was created we understand that everything else is also created 
our past, our future, our present, it's all created through mm-hmm. the creation of the inspired all there is consciousness. <laughs> yeah, that caught my attention in your book. I love the way you titled that too, Seven Worlds, One Truth. Right. That's it. Yeah. I love that. And then talk to me a bit more about them. I know you didn't reach there yet in this conversation. The seventh chakra, it's the the seventh dimension of pure intellect. Right. We need to understand that we have sort of as if two minds. The first one is the one that we use on daily basis all the time. This is this overpowering third chakra mind that takes us into the third dimension of thoughts and will. This is a goal-oriented mind that tells us um, what time are we going to do this, what's happening with that, how are we going to pay the mortgage, where, where to go on vacation, and science as well is in that dimension. Everything that the mind can understand, our understanding is based on the words that we know the meaning of, and we communicate and understand each other that way. So that mind is is, is very powerful, and it's very uh, it wants to rule us. And then the seventh—that's the third chakra. Us. Uh, oh, that mind. Uh, concludes by identifying, right? Oh, I know that that person said that, this person said that too. Maybe this is true. So it's already two people saying that. So whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you look at something, go, oh, I know that, but this looks a little different than the other thing that I know that looks like that. It's all identifying. The seventh chakra is the the mind that we don't have much of experience with on regular basis. We are not taught it in school, except for the ones who maybe want to study philosophy, right? But in our uh, pragmatic uh, pragmatic modern world, we uh, don't put uh, emphasis on philosophy because that's for dreamers, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, Monique. Oh my God, yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, so uh, we are, but mainly developing the third chakra that control. That's all. That's the ego. It's the is the ex- expression of ego together with our emotions and our body. But the seventh one is that one that does not have a goal-oriented action. It observes, it witnesses, and it concludes by discernment. So kind of like opposite to to identifying, right? It concludes by discernment. And as it keeps on concluding by discernment, it comes to very fine nuances in understanding, in seeing, but it's also, it's not just seeing. The, The practices for the seventh chakra are about looking at what's 
around us, but without assuming that we have to do something with it. Mm, we have to yeah. put it from one place to another, that we have to paint that windowsill or, or mm. clean the window because it's dirty. You know, just letting it be and letting it be and observe. And also, you know, that's a very, very important dimension because this is where um, the um, universal truths are being told. So the truths that the, the greatest spiritual teachers like Buddha or like Rumi, right? The poet Rumi, he spoke from the seventh dimension. And some philosophers, uh, Socrates or, or, uh, you know, many others spoke from that dimension. Now to say, I know that I don't know, you know, as Socrates did, that takes a little bit of higher uh, higher understanding because mm-hmm. the, the, the third chakra mind wants to know and wants to say, I know this, I know this, I know this, I know this, and I want to know better than everybody else or mm-hmm. others or whatever. There is a competition to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the third, the, the seventh, the seventh dimension, the seventh chakra is something we necessarily need to mm-hmm. develop. Because it allows for the Kundalini to go through it. It has to open up. And if there is no self-inquiry, that is the essential tool of developing the seventh chakra, then our consciousness, even if it goes up to the sixth chakra, then it can get stuck in the world of... uh, religious uh, mm. fanaticism because right. this is this is the the, the, the level this is the dimension the sixth dimension is where we have religions and gods and and yeah. gods can tell us something or give mm. us an order and it's so right it's so true you know whoever has experiences with with sixth dimension in in that way you can tell them that 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 it's not correct. <laughs> they know for sure that it's right, and they they believe in that. And the, the lower chakras um, in, uh, reinforce that those beliefs too. But when the seventh chakra opens through your individual self inquiry, and your consciousness explodes out of it, it's a tremendous power when it goes out of it into the light, it's just light this is why it's called an spiritual enlightenment, because once your consciousness goes through moves through that crown chakra you can't think anymore there is no thoughts possible, it's only light Nothing but light and full awareness that <laughs> you know, we that on those levels of the ego we think we are so uh, we have to do this and we have to do that and and this is what what needs to be done and we're stressing out and all that and and in when our consciousness is there together with all there is we realize that. 
it's mainly an intention. And we can't think at that time. That's the truth. We can't think. So it's not like we realize anything specific that's that's formed in 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 a, in a thought. But we are fully in the process of creation, realizing that that we are being created and we create at the same time, that we are conscious creators of all there is. And then when we are back in our in our body, so to speak, in the subtle body, when 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 Kundalini ideally should be able to move freely between the chakras and eventually settle in the heart, in the dimension of eternal, sacred, universal love, which is a very rare thing, and and it's it's really um, quite. Um, it's very difficult to achieve that state of loving everything all the time, everything and everybody. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's there. That dimension is very, you know, they're all very important. So the seventh one, I call it, I call it pure intellect because it's that objective view, that philosophical thought. But I also call it for understanding of others who would, um, you know, there is a, there is this, there is a, what, what we use as in word intellect, we use as, as um, the same as the mind, right? In a way, and and I call mind the third, the third dimension, and pure intellect are actually intellect the seventh one when you can make conclusions that are not related to your uh, personal um, needs or group needs or human needs or or whatever you know what i mean there is no goal in there it's just observing witnessing i also call it uh, divine wisdom and that's that's because those great spiritual masters who uh, had that, who have that chakra open, developed, they can draw from that incredible dimension, give us the truth, give us the ultimate universal truths that relate to everyone and everything. That's the difference between the seventh and the third. The third is always limited to particular time, condition, situation, uh, individuality, and so forth. So the title of your book is beautiful. I love the Transcendence Calling. It's a beautiful title. The Power of Kundalini Rising in Spiritual Enlightenment. I guess the comment... It comes to me something to say about the chakras and this, those dimensions and worlds. It makes so much sense because this is what we experience. I mean, if you really observe clearly, <laughs> we are going from one state to another all the time, mm-hmm. one world to another. <laughs> and I thought that freedom, from my perspective, freedom was that which you call the seventh dimension, just seeing the unity, the wholeness in everything, just everything is one. But then now, as I listen to you, I see that it's the movement. It feels like really 
um, natural to listen to that for some reason. So it is actually freedom is the movement, was the, this being free to move from one world to another. Yes. Almost okay. like knowing that none of them are real anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway. There's a lot to learn. There is a lot to, uh, to that system, the, our multidimensional consciousness system, as I said, is viewed from the, from the, our individual unit of consciousness. When we talk about chakras as uh, energy vortexes or energy centers, as it's known in uh, the um, tradition of Hinduism, and as we know, if we go do yoga, if we take yoga classes, there will be there will be events that will talk about chakras, what chakra is, and so forth. Um, that view is the view from the sixth dimension, from your third eye. And in when we look at it that way, you see yourself as a body that has those chakras, right? That have all these different colors and so on. And this is not the view that allows us for understanding the multi, our multidimensional consciousness at the system, because we need to, we need to understand it from our reality. And as you said, in our, in our life, we are, we're going to, you know, think about, say, politics and, and think that, okay, well, this person thinks this and this ruler thinks that and, and this is how it goes. There's supposed to be, it's supposed to be that way or another way in the economy and the, and the geopolitics and, 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 and whatnot, you know, the history and the, and the borders. And, and it all will make sense to you on that third chakra level. But then you start thinking, well, how about they're murdering, torturing people in Ukraine and people and the whole world? I mean, a lot of people are helping, but, but, you know, how is that less important than the politics, right? How, uh, how, uh, love is less important than, uh, than, uh, economy or something. You know, there are contradictions in in those in those dimensions each dimension operates on a different principle and the only way to actually see all of them properly in a proper perspective is to be able to have those chakras open trained the lower ones trained and the upper ones cultivated because we are mainly focusing our existence, our existence in, in, in this, in, in this lifetime, we're focused on our physical being, our emotions, like it or not like it, you like it, you don't like it, like yeah. it, don't like it, <laughs> yeah. long, right? Yeah. Even oh, yeah. dreams, like it, no like it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So and true. then we have the mind. The mind is thinking, "Oh, I know that. So this on this and that and this and that," and and so the mind is is trying to figure things out, to to speculate, to to uh, um, strategize. You know, that's what we're doing, and there is so much stress coming from it, and there is so much um, need for for action and and 
all that. But then there are those upper dimensions, like love is right above the fourth one, it's right above the third. And if we can break through with our consciousness, if we can move it up to the third, open, clear that third one from all those mental systems that we have, all those concepts that are with us since we were children and then grow and grow. These concepts are, you know, big ego has a lot of all these concepts about who they are. And, (laughs) and, And so, you know, we are always focusing in that way in the way of seeing everything from that viewpoint of having to do something with it. But the upper ones, incredibly powerful, like love, the fifth one is exchange of energy, connection, the sound. And as I was saying, you know, for example, with your death experiences, Connecting with spirits, connecting with with healing. Healing is in the fifth. Spiritual healing is in the fifth dimension. In the sixth one, we have all these different systems. This is the this is something. This in some people that dimension is strong. The chakra is strong, but in many of us, it's weak. It is about visual understanding. And I think with the development of internet and, um, and, uh, media as we have, there is much more visual. Uh, we have, we have the opportunity to develop that visual understanding. Um, which is very, very important, extremely important for our consciousness to be able to move through the sixth dimension without getting stuck in it and, and you know, believe in things. Mm-hmm. We need to be free from those beliefs, but those beliefs will trap us if we don't develop our own way of visual understanding. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of there is a lot to know. It's not like we can, and it's not like I can say all of this within an hour or so, but what I do is I help to, first of all, be able to identify our Kundalini, your, your spirit, your consciousness, be it without anything else. And then, approach each chakra separately because each of us has a different emotional view each of us has a different mental view each of us the fourth chakra for some of us for some people not there at all for others maybe yes for others others have a big heart and talk about love and and want to develop that idea of love being there all the time and it actually is this is what jesus was teaching love is there all the time it's eternal it's a dimension but as i said those upper ones have no time so they appear to us in glimpses and so on so now you have a a kind of a more or less a review through (laughs) through seven more or less yes yeah absolutely thank you so much monique for the work you do 
I have um, deep appreciation for anyone who is doing this type of work. It is work, it is dedication, it is, um, I know it's also a calling, as you say in your book, and, and I see the, again, sense that that's a calling for you and so many of others. And I just want to say thank you again for Well, thank for you for, for having this podcast. Thank you for, for being there to talk to us, to talk to somebody like me and many, many others. I look through the, um, I browse through and listen to some of the interviews you, you, you did uh, in the past and they're all fascinating, very interesting. And, and, you know, I'm just one of, one of those who at some point knew that, that this is what needs to be done. We have to understand better. We have to expand consciousness and, and uh, go deeper. And I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Before that, would you like to add anything you left unsaid or read a passage in your book? Uh, I can read the passage that's kind of uh, the end, just the last page of my book. Um, I can read that. It's more of a general statement, the conclusion, general conclusion. And maybe another thing that I would like to mention is that what I'm teaching is accessible to everyone. But uh, at some point, you know, there are levels of comprehension that, for example, to be able to go beyond the ego, right? We need to practice. We need to do practices. And for each chakra, for each for each chakra, we have different practices. So it's a, it's a system that allows for training the lower ones for training for being able to control the emotions and and finding ourselves in the state that I call emptiness and being able to allow that kundalini energy to rise up because our consciousness knows it all but mm -hmm. we are trapped under the chakras that are congested with energy that is stuck in them so we have to clear them up the same with the mind and then the upper ones need to be cultivated because some of us have some of them upper ones open like musicians or you know music is it's all about the fifth dimension but not all parts of it the same with the sixth one so there is a lot to do But it's not inaccessible. It's accessible to everyone. Right. That's my right, <laughs> right, right. To say. Yeah. It, so it takes commitment. Right. It does take it, commitment, uh, but it also at the same time you see there are twofold uh, results. One result is that you are able to to prosper in life in a way that you are able to deal with your emotions and the negative emotions will dissipate in time and your mind also so you can focus your mind better and achieve that way um, simply be more successful because you can focus and you can uh, complete your tasks in easier but 
also uh, it has that general purpose of training and cultivating chakras. So if you would like to, by the end of the training or by some stage of the training, Kundalini is po- it's possible to trigger Kundalini, and triggering Kundalini is known from from um, uh, Hindu tradition of uh, tantric traditions. Um, there are ways of of triggering Kundalini. At first, we we misunderstood that uh, and thought that we need to trigger Kundalini first, but that's not the way it should go. We need to prepare the chakras first. And then when they are cleared from this congested energy and developed, then we can help Kundalini to move through. In my case, it was a traumatic experience because I was suicidal when it happened. And others can talk about that kind of trigger as well. It's emotional trigger. But we may, we can know much more about it and be much more aware of the process. Right. Because yeah. a lot of it we do subconsciously. We help ourselves subconsciously. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful, though. You being the guide. I mean, I just love everything I hear from you and the work you, you do. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, so you Monique. So much. Would you still like me to read? Oh, yes, please. Yes. There are two paragraphs here. Um, it's very general, uh, but uh, it kind of concludes uh, my book. And maybe it will also give a conclusion to our interview. Understanding that we are all creation and creators of the same eternal consciousness lies within us all the time. But the mind always tries to obscure it with ideas, replace it with rules, argue that it knows better, but upstaging our sublime intuition the scientific proof, and then it keeps on doubting. Science and the progress it offers is great, helpful, and inspiring, but science is still just the external knowledge that belongs to the external world. To solve our problems rather than perpetuate them or create new ones, we need to look inside our own being and deepen that insight with practice. The path inward may may seem impossible to find at first among the jungle of feelings and thoughts we've been accumulating, but with a machete of single-mindedness, we can cut out the trail and travel inward. In doing so, each of us will be led to the inexhaustible source of happiness, light, power, and inspiration, to unity with the eternal conscious creation at every moment. Through inner work on ourselves, we can advance as beings, and our troubles and the troubles of the rest of the world will keep diminishing as a result. This is what the one consciousness we all are is calling for. That's wonderful to be reminded. (laughs) The mind, right? To be reminded of these things. That's so refreshing. Thank you again, Monique, very much for being you. Thank you so much, Valeria.
What is another word for life? What comes to mind? Well, another word for life, it is consciousness. It is existence in some ways. Uh, But um, I would say that consciousness would be the closest. And at the same time, consciousness is spirit. So, So it really depends on our consciousness in uh, that individual unit of consciousness to uh to uh see life on those different levels because when our consciousness our kundalini gets up to the sixth chakra and is able to go through the these processes of <clears throat> uh, self-inquiry the soul can self-realize as eternal. So Kundalini is a soul that self-realizes as Atman in, 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 in Hindu, in Sanskrit. Um, it self-realizes as conscious eternal being. And before that happens, it experiences, our Kundalini experiences life through the chakras. I'm very grateful to have had this conversation today. And it's like almost listening to the voice of life, of consciousness speak, which it is. <laughs> so I really appreciate that again. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Okay, <laughs> sure. Thank you. Uh- well, mainly my website, which is monikrebel.com, has information. I try to keep it updated, uh, but that's probably the main source. I am present uh, in uh, on social media as well. My book is uh, is also available online and in particular bookstores, uh, mainly in Nevada and California. Um, so uh, Amazon and and uh, Barnes and Noble and and other other online sources. I'm not even sure I remember them all, but they all carry my book. And I'm writing a new one. Hopefully, it will be published soon, but I don't have it ready yet. And yeah, that's that's about it. I would say uh, I would say my website is probably the the best source to come communicate to you know email uh, find out about the upcoming events, learn about the events that just happened not that long ago, learn about my programs that I'm teaching. The main one is the uh, Higher Self, uh, a course in our multidimensional consciousness system. Um, I'm very easy to actually get get in connect in contact with through my website. Wonderful, and I'll have the link on your podcast profile as well. The link to the book that leads to Amazon. And then there is YouTube. Sorry, there is also YouTube, and and it's coming from different different interviews I have given and, and so on. So there is YouTube, MoniqueRebel.com as well. I'm Monique Rebel, just, just my first and last name, yeah. Yes, wonderful. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Monique. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Monique Rebel and her work, please visit moniquerebel.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.